I bet people are pissed because there's no titties in this. That, that, it, it makes sense. I'm slapping it down. That's that's why they don't like it. No, t- sorry, sorry, listeners. No titties in this movie. Yeah, there are. There's there's zero nudity. It's PG-13. It's for yeah. the kids. Welcome to a cast with no name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay, and I'm Matt. This is episode 53. Wow. This episode, we go back to the mines to dig up another hidden gem as we discuss 2015's The Final Girls. Oh, yeah. But first, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, where you can write to our email, comment on episodes, and we want to thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a like or rate us or whatever on Apple or Spotify. It'll help the show find new listeners. Also, we have an Instagram and Twitter, a cast with no name. That's that's the handle. We caught up with modern times. And add us. Just add us. No, Doesn't that feel stupid? When no you're... dick pics, please. Right. Unless yes. it's in the DMs. Well, please. Well, Jay, Jay please no dick, a couple. Come on. Please no dick pics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, just, just keep them. Uh, but uh, yeah. So it's, it's got, we're going to get flooded. I know. With just that's all pics. we're going to get. No comments on episodes. <laughs> but fuck you. Dick pics. Here they come. Yay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, at a cast with no name. On Twitter and, and Instagram. It. So right. yep. uh, so this is our second hidden gem? Yeah, second one. Because the first one we did was Dread. Was Dread, yep, that's right. And then this is our second one. This is uh, the second one. The Final Girls. Not to be confused with the other 2015 uh, movie called The Final Girl, which also stars uh, the kid from Hunger Games. That is also in this movie. Alexander, Alexander Lud- Ludwig. Ludwig? Ludwig. Uh, Liam Hemsworth Light. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, not but the I, final girl, the final girls. So, okay. I never saw the final girl. I did not. The final girl has Abigail Breslin in it. If you're watching that one, we are not talking about that one. So, good thing I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, you're right. So, uh, yeah, the final girls uh, stars Matt, Jesus Christ, Malin Ackerman? Matt. Malin? 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 Malin Ackerman. Ackerman. You're right. There you go. Fuck my life. That's not bad. Um, Could be worse. And. <laughs> God <Jeez>. damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you you do the name. What, Tessa I, Formiga? Huh? Yeah. I Adam got, Adam Devine? Yeah. Uh, well, that, that one's easy. Thomas Middle, Middleditch? Yeah. Thomas Middleditch yeah. from Silicon Valley. Yep. And, yeah. Nina Dobrev? Yep. Uh, Dobrev. Aaliyah Shawcat? Yep, she was from uh, always uh, Arrested always Development. Sunny, right? Arrested Development, right? And Angela Trimber does a great job as Tina. She's one of the funnier ones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tori and Thompson, who's also very good in that. Yeah, plays Blake. And then you have Chloe Bridges, who plays Paula. Paula, uh, who actually, Chloe Bridges is married to Adam Devine. Really? They met on a plane ride on the way to make Shoot this, this movie. Yeah. No kidding. So wow, love finds a way. Love finds a way. I always wondered if Adam Devine had a hard time finding like, like wife material because he plays like the cocky such, douchebag and douche all the time. No, he's movie. funny. He's probably the easiest. <laughs> he probably gets so much thrown at him all the time. Probably. He's probably a real nice guy too. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. We know. We know. Yeah, I know. I know Adam. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's punching homeless people in the face right now and kicking puppies as we speak. Right. Just well, you you just can't not. play the douchebag on and off camera. It would be exhausting. I yeah. Would think. It, uh, well. You would think. Well, <laughs> I do it without well, Jay, even tell being me, on is it camera. exhausting? <laughs> <laughs> I get my full eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
yeah. So the final girls came out in 2015. It's directed by Todd Strauss Schulson. 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 Yep. That's right. And written by M.A. Fortin and Joshua John Miller. Correct. Um, a young woman grieving the loss of her mother, a famous scream queen from the 1980s, finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie. Reunited, the women must fight off the film's ma- maniacal killer. Where did you first watch this? I actually heard about this movie from a different podcast. Uh-huh. When uh, and the podcast was film junk, not film junk. Sorry, uh, but film junk's pretty good. It's uh, f this movie. So f this movie. Yeah, I, it's a podcast based out of Chicago, and um, Patrick Bromley, I believe, is the main guy. Doesn't who, ring any bells. Um, Shout out to Patrick. Yes, but uh, he talked about this and. Gave it rave reviews. I had never heard of it. And I'm not big into horror. But they said that it was kind of feel-goody. It felt like, in his words, it was a very sweet film. And I was like, all right, I can I can play with that. So checked it out, watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is really fucking good. Yeah. So uh, that's how I found out about it. How did you find out about it? Uh, you. Oh, good. You recommended it to me. So like herpes, it g- passes from <laughs> one person to the next. It's slowly. In a good way. Yes. <laughs> This is the kind of VD. It's the you herpes want. you do want. That's right. Yeah. So you trusted the opinion of uh, that that particular podcaster, and you, you gave it a shot. Yes. Well, his one of his favorite movies is Back to the Future. And oh, so then. So like he, we had similar tastes. We have similar tastes in movies. However, we do disagree on some things. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of a. Uh, I think he's more of a Roger Moore fan than I am. But we both think very highly of. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I got you. Okay. So, um, we we <clears throat> some of the podcasts that I listened to of movies that he's he had done, uh, he we we shared the same opinion. So right. that's why I kind of watched this because I, I, other than that horror, I'm not a yeah. I'm you're not not huge. Well, I'm gonna have to take it with a grain of salt then because Roger Moore, I, c- I can't even get through them. Yeah, can't it, get it's through tough. the Roger Moore days. It's very tough. It is. Um, and he's he's not a huge. I don't think he's a huge. It's been used since I've listen to the movies that mm-hmm. he did but I, I i mean i'm of the standpoint that they're fucking horrible and they're god awful and anyone who likes him a little bit more than that is probably likes him more than right me. right <laughs> i guess he, he has more patience than me and more compassion but. sure sure but if you're a hardcore james bond fan i get it but if you're not it's, it'd be tough to recommend a roger moore james bond movie to the average yeah you know it's it's a totally different genre it goes into camp and slapstick it's like the 60s batman like it's kind right. of fun to like look at a scene or two and be like, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. But to sit through seven or however many movies, six movies, I think, be a little rough. It was it was tough. Right. It, that was the longest stretch when uh, I made your sister watch all the Bond movies. Uh, she told me she wanted to kill herself. <laughs> Roger Moore tends to have that effect on right. people. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a long time. I'm sure. Uh, uh, they're not well. I mean, there's they, a couple like... Do they age like, well? Do, no. In terms of the dialogue? No. Okay. No. It's... Um, uh, it's not copacetic with uh, today's sensibilities? Uh, no. Which none of the Bond films are, but that's why they're so good, is because they are time capsules of sure. pop culture sure. in each of those movies. But yep. um, but no, it's just... You could tell what era Hollywood was going in throughout Roger Moore's progression. Mm-hmm. You have... Uh, Moonraker, them going to space because Star Wars did well, and Star Trek was sure, yeah, was coming out. Kind of piggybacking on 
on the current fad. Yeah, but it was just it just went into the camp and goofiness mm-hmm. and ridiculousness. Now there are a couple that were fine, like the spy who loved me uh, wasn't bad. Um, there's some weird elements to it, but that was tolerable. Um, and then, well, squirrel. Yeah. I know we're we're supposed to talk about the final girls, but anyway, um, so back to what, uh, what that podcaster originally said, it's, it's like a horror, but it's a feel good kind of, yeah, he, he called it a a very sweet movie and overall it's, it, um, it kind of plays off of the, not doesn't play off any trope, but it, um, it kind of mimics a little bit. Some people compared it to Jumanji is the first thing that pops into their head when you describe the uh, kind of the plot of the film. Sure. But also Last Action Hero. Of course. So the the main character is going into the actual movie. Sure. Um, and instead of Last Action Hero to where the kid's kind of finding it out mm-hmm. as the story's progressing, it, this is a B movie that everyone loves and everyone there's a couple of characters that are well aware of what happens in the movie while there's a couple other characters that aren't right. And when you recommended this to me, um, I instantly thought of last action hero and I actually do like last action hero. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people shit on it, but I do. I do like that movie. Um, so I was more than willing to to give give it a a shot. shot. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I would classify this as I know it has horror elements, but it's not really, it's not, I I would, I would say it's more, I mean, it's fantasy because something like, magical happens going sure. like there's no explanation how they end up in the right. movie um uh, in the movie i think they cut through the screen to escape a theater fire and then all of a sudden they're in the yeah they're in the movie um and it's comedy yeah and there's some dramatic dramatic elements in it but yeah there, you're never really scared at yeah. all in this movie um it's not bloody yeah it's not bloody it's, it's actually uh, pg-13 yeah it's brightly lit yeah um it is uh, a very bright, lively film, um, and I think it's a smart choice going that direction because I think the two tones that they play with, one is it borders like on parody, um, because they are playing with tropes of horror films, but also, uh, so you have the co- comedic elements there, but it's also dealing with some fairly heavy subject matter. Uh, most of it being the main character dealing with the death of her mother mm-hmm. um, and trying to get over that. And I think playing those two tones, it does very, very well. If you added in a third thing to where being horror and being scary, I feel like it would have gotten muddled and it probably would not have been as effective as what it was. Because right. I there's not one single moment that you're like on the edge of your seat of, oh my God, it's more they kind of play it safe, which is good. Right, right. It's not trying to scare you. Yeah. The movie's not trying to scare you. Yeah. No. It definitely plays more like a fantasy. I would say that. That's how I would describe it. Because when I I didn't even realize it was uh, PG-13 until after I watched it. I just assumed it was rated R. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that vibe that maybe it is because of Adam Devine and him being so like Yeah, he is pretty crass and, and yeah. Crass or whatever. And then uh, you think it's violent because there's some moments where, uh, you know, Billy stabs some mm-hmm. of the kids. But on rewatch, it's like there's no blood anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's usually shot. the top somewhat artistically like there's one to where um you have like a nice silhouette of kind of like the sun setting sky or whatever or it's um they just change the camera angles but yeah there's no blood there's no gore Mm -hmm. um and all the violence that happens is just uh insinuated to where they don't actually show anything but you get a general idea of what's going on right um but the other good thing about this is 
since I wasn't a horror fan, uh, the guy whose podcast I listen to, he is. He, he loves horror. Mm-hmm. And he's a big fan of 80s horror. And, um, but I never was. But this movie, you don't need to be aware of 80s horror. You just, I mean, if you've Not seen really. a couple of horror films, you would get the jokes sure. that play. And Even if so, you haven't seen a horror film, I think you would... Yeah, because you'd probably be aware of the tropes, yeah. and uh, because it's very surface level, but it's not done in a boring way. It's still fun the way they go about doing things, as far as calling it out, like the lazy writing, the the douchey guys, the um, the mysterious figure wa- always walking, and yeah. but just always like being right there behind mm-hmm. you, kind of a thing. Um, and they even call out the tropes that they're they're talking about. So. Um, it's not like you need to have some in-depth knowledge either of horror movies or slasher movies from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the uh, the film techniques and everything? I mean, it was shot for $4.5 million. The Yeah, I, I like the camera work in this. I mean, it's a clean picture. It's brightly lit. So um, we were talking, it, it has a, a similar look as far as Dying a Gunfight did. Yeah. And that was around the same budget granted that was made in 2021 this Mm -hmm. was 2015 so this is probably the equivalent of like maybe five million five and a half maybe um and but you could tell some of the shots were planned out because there's a couple unique ones that were thrown in there there's one at the beginning um right before the car crash and this isn't a spoiler because this is how uh, the main character's mother dies is they're driving in a car and then you just see this overhead shot of the street the car drives into frame and then the camera snaps into motion with the car yeah it's probably done with simple compositing but it's pretty cool it, it was unique and yeah. i had never seen that before and i enjoyed that so there's there's uh some things like that that they do there's a um a camera trick when they're at the camp and they're trying to run away yeah and the camera just kind of keeps orbiting around and you can see some kind of blending a little bit uh, mm-hmm. stitching the scenes together, but it, it's effective and it works and it keeps yep. it interesting um, to where they're they're mixing in enough, uh, I guess, computer graphics to where it kind of keeps it fun and unique and interesting, but not so much to where it obviously looks fake. Um, I mean, there's the car cr- crash at the beginning. Eh, yeah, but I mean, they don't they don't go overstep their bounds as far as what their budget will allow. So well, they what, make it interesting with the camera roll as the car's rolling mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, doing a wide shot and then watching the car go, you know, roll, rolling on itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think most of the budget was probably spent on effects wise on the transition from, uh, 1980s camp to 1957 camp where they had like, yeah, the, the squiggly lines the squiggly coming lines through. Coming down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they did, they did a couple of practical effects, um, one was the car crash on the camp when they run into the pole and mm-hmm. it explodes. That was practical. And I think the building blowing up, that was a practical right. explosion. Um, I liked when they were shooting arrows at Billy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't even try to like do a camera trick. They just, it was like arrow on a string and they just followed yeah. the arrow as it was, followed the arrow. as it was going into Billy. That was, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were talking about the lighting, I think, their lighting choice when they when they enter the movie, how bright it is, it's mm-hmm. just, it stands out like like a sore thumb. Yeah, it, it feels if it, like kind of fairy tale ish. Oh yeah. Um, and you really don't get into the darker dramatic lighting until uh, it's at night. Yeah. Uh, during the climax, and but even then they they break it up um 
to kind of put some humor in there, but also it kind of helps too because that during the evening, during the climax, is the probably most dramatic element and more emotional part mm -hmm. of the movie. And having it that darker lit storm in the background definitely helped that scene um, because I, I I think that's probably one of the best scenes uh, in the movie. Sure. But, um, but yeah, just what they had to work with um, and the talent they were able to get mm -hmm. and the performances they were able to get because yes. I feel everyone played their part really, really well in this um, and because it was goofy and you had actors that were able to deliver that portion of it because they needed to, but you also had um, the dramatic elements. That's kind of hard to balance, but they, I think they just nailed it. In oh, this one. for sure. Yeah, and I think the combination of all those things, include, we haven't talked about the script or the acting in detail yet, but the production with the choices they made, and I think the script is just really, really good. All that combined, it made it feel like it was more than a $4.5 million movie to me. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a bigger budget movie. Yeah, and the, I mean, the story was tighter. It's 90 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Um or 92 or 90, 91, whatever. It's it's right there, right at the hour, hour and a half point. But they don't overstuff it with uh, side plots or anything like that that mm -hmm. they can't really address. It's more of um, the main character dealing with the death of her mother and the group being a part of the movie, then they're trying to figure a way to get out. Mm -hmm. There's um, a couple of side plots of, um, or subplots of, the main character not being as close friends with one of the characters, but that gets dealt with fairly quickly. Sure. And But they address all of them. Everything else is just like the main points and everything else isn't filler, but it's just kind of entertaining, laughing kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is it is a very tight story. And the only part I think it does kind of drag is during the lake scene uh, when they're setting up for a booby trap and the three girls are kind of talking to where mm. they're tr uh, Nina Dobrev's character is explaining why she stopped being friends with right. Max, the main character. Um, that kind of felt unnecessary. Unnecessary, but I mean, uh, but they you wanted. I understand why it's in there because you you need to like uh, Vicky's character with Nina Dobrev's character. You want to sympathize with her because of what happens to her later on. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Every time I see Adam Devine pop up, especially the line where he's like, uh, I'll help you with those melons. I'm talking about, <laughs> about her boobs, boobs, guys. I'm like, that's Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a Jay line. I saw that trailer today. <laughs> and that line was in there. I was like, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exactly like what you would say. See, guys, I'm talking about her boobs, right? Like, explain the joke. <laughs> oh, beat it into the ground to where it's no longer funny. Hey, right. That's, <laughs> Yeah, the key to humor. <laughs> he's so good in it. Oh yeah, he's he, really good. He's good, and it's funny because the character that he plays, he just he physically does not look like that. No, character. that's why it works. And that's yeah, it works. that's why it works because he's so he's not goofy looking or anything, but he's just he's just average, average looking. Average dude. To where you would think Alexander Ludwig would be playing that character, right? And Alexander Ludwig plays more of a character that's just a normal guy. Like right. you look at him, you think he's going to be an asshole or he's going to. He's Pretty fine. Straight laced guy. Good guy. Just mm -hmm. perfectly fine. Yeah. And um but yeah. So yeah, so good. Thomas Middleditch uh plays 
a Thomas Middleditch character, kind of similar same. to Silicon Valley. Yeah, Silicon Valley, um, which is fine. Yeah, uh, because he uh, it's just that awkward, nerdy uh, kind of character. Well, his character serves the reason why they even they go to the movie theater in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you need someone like that. Um, I thought uh, Tessa Farmiga, awesome. Yeah, I don't think you could have asked for like a some. So she carries the emotional weight of the movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you could ask for a better performance, given what you got. Yeah, the, the resource fin- wise. Yeah, the final scene bet- with her and Mal- Malin Malin, <laughs> I think it's Malin. Christ. Uh, her character is called Nancy. So yes. that I can say. So the, the, um, the, the final scene with those two in it, um, is so good. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we, well, we did a comp when we, d- we did a commentary for this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A week, was it two weeks? Maybe a week ago. A week ago. And, but we did it at three 30 in the morning and we were drunk. Had a few, had a few Chardonnays. Yeah. Had a few, uh, <laughs> mimosas <laughs> and, um, we were like, oh yeah, let's, let's do a commentary of this. Let's just do it. And, yeah. um, we haven't listened to it. No, we were going to post it, but we haven't listened to it yet. Not so yet. there's probably, it could be five minutes of us just rambling and then 85 minutes of us just kind of sitting and watching the movie. We don't really remember. Like we, <laughs> I know we were talking throughout, but it's, we don't know what we were saying. So yeah, what was said is a mystery. Maybe we'll post it. Uh, leave us a hundred likes or something somewhere, and then we'll post it. Yeah. But, uh, but I do remember when we were watching it, we we were both just kind of shut up during that scene, and the acting between those two. Um, I mean, it was it was awesome. There yeah. there weren't two grown men with tears in their eyes in a basement. <sighs> that didn't happen. Holding each other, <laughs> spooning. There were, there wasn't that. No. But uh, it wasn't far off. We but, we both called our our uh, our moms right after. Yeah, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, but I yeah I mean the the performances are great and those yeah. two nailed it and um, you just don't expect it yeah for you, a movie like this you don't expect it but they do such a good job too at the beginning of the movie of establishing that relationship within yeah. I think it was like three minutes it yeah. wasn't that long. And the fact that they can establish that relationship and then have that emotional weight pay off at the end with so little introduction um, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, And just the filmmaking techniques, the long shots of uh, Max when she first sees her mother in the van, just like kind of leading up to it and just kind of going back and kind of touching and kind of nudging that emotional progress along throughout the movie is great. Yeah. I think lesser lesser movies would have concentrated more on the comedy or more on the gore, and it, one or the other. Yeah, and it wouldn't have uh, been as good. So after we watched this, I'm, I'm like, because I hadn't seen. It. Well, I, we, me and you saw it when we were hammered, and then uh, I watched it again before talking about it, uh, and I hadn't seen it in like I want to say three years, mm-hmm. but it, it it came to me that like this this is a movie about grief. Mm-hmm. It's about grief. That's what this movie's about. And I didn't know that the, the guy who co-wrote it, Joshua John Miller, his dad's Jason Miller, yeah, played the Father... Exorcist. Father Karras. Karras on yeah. The Exorcist. And this was his way of dealing with that grief, was to, to, was to write this. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, um, and it's done such a good job. I mean, this, this movie was shopped around because I think this movie was first pitched in like the late 2000s. And it mm-hmm. kind of took that long for it to kind of get developed. Mm-hmm. 
and but when different studios were kind of uh, looking at it, some of that shit was going to be cut out to where they didn't want the emotional parts of it. They wanted more blood. They wanted right, right. more more of a um, comedy horror thing. Um, and then I think eventually, uh, well, Stage Six and Groundswell. I I think Sony, Sony, Sony bought it, mm-hmm. and they kind of kept those elements in there, which is is good. Sadly, like not a lot. Of, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this movie. No, I never would have found out about it. Uh, if I wasn't listening to some random podcast. So right. that's that's why I wanted to kind of bring it up in hours because maybe someone will have, hasn't give heard of shot. this and they'll they'll give it a shot because it's definitely a movie that's worth watching. Oh, absolutely. And I think is probably one of the better movies that came out in 2015. I agree with you. Uh, it was like this, Mad Max, and I can't really think of anything else that came out in 2015. But uh, those are the two that stand out. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's Mad Max, the Final Girls, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. <laughs> that's all. Uh, the Revenant came out that year. I enjoy Revenant. I know you don't like it. But yeah, I, I was. Like, I like uh, it. It, yeah, that that one I felt like Leo was just like if someone presented a baby to him and like Leo, you got to eat this baby, give you an Oscar, he would have done it. And it's like that kind of it just felt over the. Oh, top. you think he you think he won the Oscar because he ate a fish? You know, some, part some, of it or whatever liver whatever the fuck at the like, heart of a of yeah a it was in the buffalo. press like oh he, he got that deep and i'm like no they gave him the oscar because they should have given it to him and for the, the aviator. aviator they yeah. should have given it to him for wolf of wall street they should have given it to him for uh django and chain there's like a bunch of, i mean the same thing reason why they gave it to scorsese for departed right was because departed was they gave it best. to denzel for training day yeah even though that was a really good role yeah not it's, it's because yeah the not for malcolm x or malcolm x yeah yeah but no i I agree with you this is uh so i looked at the numbers four and a half million dollar budget it didn't have a theatrical distribution so the box office was zero but dvds and blu-ray sales was just over a million dollars so this movie lost money unless they sold it to a streamer for whatever licensing agreement or whatever i don't know if it would even make up the three million that it would to, to break even but it's a shame because it's one of those rare um it feels bigger than four and a half million i think it would play well mm-hmm. like in theaters if like is it i don't know if it did well and didn't get a theatrical run because people it just didn't get a word of mouth or it wasn't marketed well i think if it had a marketing push i think it would have had a shot to yeah i mean i think a movie's like my big fat greek wedding that made 250 million dollars it was a fine movie, but mm-hmm. if if the was final that Miramax? girls, yeah, I think it was. That's probably why. Because well, yeah, well, if yeah. the final girls had something like that, I mm-hmm. think it would have it would have made more than four and a half million dollars. Yeah, and the problem with it, I mean, in any given year, I forget how many movies, like how many studio movies get released. It's like something. It's like a hundred and twenty, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine that number being just massive now. Um, to where, yeah, I think it was a misstep for Sony. Of course, they, they're not very, they haven't had a very good track record as of late. They got Spider-Man, and I think that's about it uh, anymore. Spider-Man, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like this would have been one that just played well. I, now, I'm surprised they didn't try to go into a theater, because you had some, I mean, Adam Devine was probably the, between him and Alan Ackerman, but with her... I think people recognize her, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily know her. They were like, oh, she's from Watchmen or she's from uh, Harold and Kumar and 
or um, the heartbreak kid. Yeah, the heartbreak kid. <laughs> <laughs> so she's had some bit roles. Uh, Nina Doprev, she was in Vampire Diaries. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, I think nowadays you don't need star reckon if you have a good idea. I think you could, you you could roll it out and make your money. Especially if it's four and a half million. I mean, I think of like the Saw movies. They have no stars, and then it makes eighty million dollars mm-hmm. on, on like a two and a half million dollar budget. That's a, I mean, but that's that's a genre film, so right. People go there expecting to be scared. To where this, I could see, mm. I mean, because the, I think, what makes this like this movie so good are those emotional elements. Um, I mean, mixed in with comedy, like I feel like you would have to, uh, I mean. Maybe you just mark it as, stri- as a straight comedy and leave the emotional elements in. I think it would probably work. Um, but and maybe maybe studios couldn't pin it Get down to it. where. Right. I don't know, but I, I, I can't imagine like no one thinking like, oh, yeah, we don't want to release this in, 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 in a theater. And maybe it's just because of test screenings, because they had a couple different test screenings. They had mm-hmm. one to where, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Max and Chris, um, Tessa, uh, Tessa, whatever, Formiga, and Alexander Ludwig, they sur- they're the only survivors at the end. Okay. So they had one ending to where they were just the only survivors, then they shot another one to where everyone survived. And the footage that they used, they ended up kind of mixing the two. Um, but more or less, everyone survived at the end. After the credits rolled, they all kind of wake up in a hospital, but mm-hmm. they're in the hospital of part two. Um because the they were too sad like the audience like voted it as a crap ending when just the two actors survived but they also voted a crap ending when everyone survived mm. so that's why they use kind of elements of gotcha. it together but i can't I, i'd like to know the dumbasses they got for this test screening like i mean I, i'm sure it's just normal people off the street which i'm like how how could they not how could they not like that like, their soul is dog shit. If, yeah, I don't know how if, you not like this movie. Yeah. At least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not that it's like the subject matter, like because it is dealing with grief. It's dealing with loss. And you don't need to lose a parent to be able to get it or um, or to have it resonate with you at all. Yeah. And that that's the weird thing. Like, I feel like this movie is so um, general in its appeal or should be so general in its appeal because everyone everyone has experienced loss in some yeah. way or another. And and I think that's where this movie hits is just that that feeling of wanting to hold on or wanting to um, maintain that connection as much as possible. Right. Um, but Everyone's seen an 80s horror movie. Yeah. They can relate to the satire in it, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, everyone likes to laugh. Right. And the it's funny. Yeah. It's not and it's not like there's stretches of, of the only the only times where like the comedy isn't there really is uh during the, the moments between Nancy and uh, Tessa Formiga when they're having their one on one conversations, mm-hmm. every everything else is like there's comedy, yeah, sprinkled in in those gaps, yeah. And even if it's not like overtly laughing, haha, it's like during the flashback, like oh, they ran into the subtitles that were yeah. in the bottom of the. They do some things like that to keep it kind of moving or entertaining, keep it light, um, and yeah, I'm. I, I don't know why this isn't or, as yeah, and you, big and you, of a movie. You, you screen it with, with critics. They love it. You know, I think I got like a 78%, which, again, I, I would have to go through the uh, 
Uh, I would love to go through a Rotten Tomato score here from a critic who didn't like it just to get his... Yeah, because, I mean, the, the rating on this is, at, on IMDb, is six and a half. That's way too low. Way too fucking low. Way too there low. There is dog shit rated at seven and a half <laughs> right. currently. And, yeah. like, I, I... That doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I think part of it is uh, recency effect with when a new movie comes out, people just immediately score it's the best thing they've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. But, um, like, John Wick 4... I don't think John Wick 4 is a better movie than this. I agree with you. Uh, I, th- I think this is a better movie. I agree now, with you. John Wick 4 is a better action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as story, emotional beats, and uh, an emotional journey you go along with the movie, this hands down the, a better movie. And the fact that it's only a six and a half, I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, got a 74%. With the critics and a 71% with the audience. Which maybe in you're just like movie snobs. Because I, I don't know how 7 out of 10 or 3 out of 10 people would not like this movie. Yeah, I don't either. There's, it, there's, there's terrible I'm, movies on here with 98% audience scores. I don't get it. And I, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a snob. I mean, I, I like John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's probably, probably going to be the best action movie I'll, see, I'll watch this year. No doubt. I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, because I'm not, I don't know, I'm kind of a snob, some, I don't know, if I don't like something, I just don't like something, and right. maybe that could be it, maybe there's something in this movie that strikes a chord, that doesn't, that strikes a negative chord with 30% of the population. Um, I'm, all right, I'm going to give you an example, so okay. CJ Prince, way too indie, 5 out of 10, it's disappointing to watch it coast along on its own concept rather than try, well, anything remotely interesting or subversive. They, See, they, that pisses me. It's like, what? Yeah, they, they just got done uh, reading a, <laughs> was a Ryan Johnson interview. <laughs> Did and, they? And he, they just learned that word, submersive. And, or <laughs> submissive. Subversive. Subversive. Fucking dumb. <laughs> fucking stupid hello you calling him down you? god like, that, that, that's subver- how that's subversive? how stupid that word i'm tired of that fucking word <laughs> god damn it it's subversive uh, it's, oh you don't expect it yeah but that you can't just i don't know all right jay another this is a good one jay jay olsen from cinemix tape two out of five cut rate cgi shaky performances and a frequently unintelligible screenplay sink the ship I think all th- all three of those things that he that he just mentioned were were the strengths of this movie. Yeah, you <laughs> shoddy CGI. Well, you have a four and a half million dollar budget. Like right, you're not seeing a Marvel movie. Yeah, and even with Marvel Marvel CGI now is it's, dog shit. It's terrible. Yeah, because they're churning out those fucking things mm-hmm. for those poor animators. Shaky performances. I don't think we were watching the same movie. Yeah, uh, he was probably watching the Final Girl. I, I don't know. I haven't seen that. That could be a fine movie, but it I don't know. It could be fine. Um, and then an unintelligible s- screenplay. Like, it's one of the best scripts. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so fun. It's so it's good. It's tight. It's tight like a tiger. It's awesome. I bet people are pissed because there's no titties in this. That, that, it, it makes sense. I'm slapping it down. That's that's why they don't like it. No, t- Sorry. Sorry, listeners. No titties in this movie. Yeah, there are. there's, there's zero nudity. It's PG-13. It's for yeah. the kids. Uh, yeah I mean what are you gonna do yeah I mean so I was I, what I was gonna say was if it was like a higher 
critic score and an audience score, which I think it well deserves, maybe you could just market it off of that. Like, oh, just I I don't know how what the TV spot would be or or what the aver- or what the trailer would be, but if you highlighted that everyone liked it, I would think wouldn't that warrant to get it like a theatrical run at least for a couple weeks? Or no? How does it work? I, I don't know. I it's I, a good movie. I I don't understand the decision making sometimes with some movies that get greenlit and that get pushed to theaters. Uh huh. Um, and 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 it's maybe just hindsight's twenty twenty, but sometimes I feel like whenever I read a movie announcement that oh, they're making this, I would immediately I like it just nope, that sounds stupid. Like that sounds ridiculous. Right. Sometimes I'm wrong, but most of the time I'm like, that sounds stupid. And then it flops. And I'm like, I fucking told you so as I yell at my computer screen in yep. my basement. Um, so there's instances like that where I'm like, yeah, that's not going to make any money. Who would want to see that? Who is this for? What market research are they basing this decision off of? And, and that, that could be it. Maybe they just did a, like marketing surveys and the responses they got from this, they figured, you know what? It's not worth releasing in theaters. Let's see what we can get on streaming. or mm. Because this is around that time yeah, yeah. where Transition streaming started taking a, taking a hold. And they were thinking, well, uh, maybe we can make a little bit about on this and maybe a little bit on physical You think media. if it was released today, it would have gotten like a, this is a Netflix film. Yeah. Or an Amazon original. Yeah. I uh, think so, too. I, I, this feels like, a, like it could be a Netflix film. And it would actually be good. Yes. And well, hopefully, because those those streaming but, movies are. But here's the thing with that, with the Netflix ones, then you get into the oh, there's no supervision and people oh, do whatever the fuck they want. Right. So I think this had a little bit. I There was some stuff cut out from this movie, but I, I'm not sure if the movie would still have that as much of an effect. Right. If they if the writer and director did whatever they wanted. Do you think this thing. would have been a better movie if it had a bigger budget? No. I don't Absolutely either. not. I don't I, it's one of those things to where I, what makes it good is doing doing well with what they have. Right, I agree. And the only thing I feel like a bigger budget would have given it was maybe a better car wreck scene at the beginning, which mm-hmm. is not needed. You get mm-hmm. the point. Um, and then maybe it would just added more ridiculousness, over-the-top stuff. But for the movie that... I mean, it's being modeled after an 80s slasher movie which those movies didn't have a lot of budget right it um those were pretty low budgets um, you would want you would want it to look cheesy like when adam driver gets bit in half when he falls yeah like, it's, it, it's fine that it looks bad yeah because you're in a bad b movie mm-hmm. yeah and it would have been more sanitized humor mm-hmm. and i feel like more um I mean, some of the humor is obvious, but it just I, it would have lost something because maybe the urgency is not there. I mean, you're going to have different environments. You're going to have um, like, oh, now we have a 35 day shoot schedule as opposed to a 25. Right. So and I think what you're getting relaxed. at is it's pretty perfect the way it is. Yeah. Right now. And I wouldn't really want to. There's change nothing anything. that could be improved with more money. I, feel I like. agree with you. Yep. Which is why it's it's a shame that more people don't know about mm-hmm. it. It's it's really good. If I were to make a top five list of uh, obviously of that year, this would definitely make it. I don't know. I mean, of that decade. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to. 
I could be accused of hyperbole right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is the best movie ever made, but it, it's very, very good. It's a very good low-budget movie. Yeah. And it, it is very good. But, it, yeah, it is a... Uh, uh, it's a very nice movie. Um, ah. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Go see The Final Girls. Yeah. If you haven't already seen it. Yeah. I recommend it. It's great. Yeah. You're it's not going to... gym. You'll, you'll tear up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it leaves you feeling happy. It does. And... Uh, it's it's definitely it's 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 worth the watch. We don't know where it's streaming, but the final girls. Yes. Um uh watch it. I'm sure it's somewhere. You can get it on Amazon or whatever. Netflix. Or buy it. Yeah, buy it's it. It's worth the buy. It's on Blu-ray. I got it on Blu-ray. Yeah, you're you're the one. Yep. I, I was the one that bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one. Uh if you want to borrow it, uh just DM us yeah. on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. And uh we'll mail it to you. But there it, you go. it's gotta be mailed back. No scratches on the disc, or I find your ass. Yes. If I get it back, there's scratch. I'm in my car. Yeah. I'm on the fucking. Hunt. And they're gonna email. They're gonna send it. Send send you a dick pic. Yeah. Just be. It, yeah. There's no disc. It's just stuff with dick pics, yes. like Polaroids. <laughs> just old, like 80s. Do those still exist? I don't know. No. I don't. <laughs> You're aging yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So that was the final girls. Uh, join us next time. As we fly off to the second star to the right and straight on till morning as we talk about Spielberg's 1991 fantasy film, Hook. Bangering bitches. Yeah. Why wasn't that bigger than it was supposed to be, Jay? I probably have a couple ideas. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but as always, comment on our episodes at acastwithnoname.com or shoot us an email. Uh, like us on Instagram and Twitter or follow us or whatever you, you, you kids do on that. On, on the on, social on, medias. On the social medias. The, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Uh, Till next time, Jay. Till next time, Matt.